0: Welcome to Potter Dot, a podcast for new and returning readers with conflicted Harry Potter feelings. I am Zoe, my
1: pronouns are she, her, and I am a jaded fan. I am E, my pronouns are she, they, and I am a reluctant fan.
2: I am Adela, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a tired fan.
1: This week, we are going to dive into the
0: good and the bad of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, chapters 15 through 17. We're making progress, y'all. Bobaton and with the goblet of fire, and the four champions.
2: I didn't realize we were this many chapters into the book.
1: I know. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're getting like into it. A third of the way through. Yeah, my bookmark is at about the third third point in the in this massive volume. <laughs> <laughs> um, progress. Progress.
0: Uh, this is very different chapters, even to the last one, because it's such a different structure in the book, which is really interesting. Uh, but E, big thoughts.
1: Uh, we're getting into it, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I really like this. I like this section a lot. I can, I can see why this book is a favorite for so many people. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. like i can see it i can see the narrative starting to ramp up and it's gonna be fun i put the um chapter art for
0: bobatten and dermstrang into our chat um this is what i was talking about when we were talking about where dermstrang is located that it's uh uh-huh. i big totally body get of it.
1: water yeah right like now that those people and their mode of transportation and such has been introduced i get it mm-hmm. it's just why didn't she make up like a russian word yeah not a german one it makes no sense nope, nope nope it's yeah
0: uh it is a very cool chapter image again shout out to mary grand prix who did the illustrations for the yes American it, is the, it
1: is the it is the dormstrong ship rising out of the lake yeah, full rigging with the full moon behind. Yeah, with the full moon behind it and water dripping off of everything. It's, it's great. Uh, the other image that I put into our chat, we will talk about when we get there, but is...
0: Um,
2: I like it a lot.
0: It's so good. We'll it's talk about so it when good. we get to the Four Champions chapter, but it's Harry alone, his shadow stretching far in front of him, and it makes him look so small and so... And he's...
2: Like, we're looking down at him from high above.
1: Yeah. It's, I imagine it's the perspective of, like, Dumbledore at the, in the Great Hall, like, calling Harry up. I guess uh,
0: a quick plot summary. Um, Yeah, we have, like, a
1: quick montage of various, like, classes and things happening. There's a little bit of zoom in, which we'll talk about into...
0: Defense against the dark arts again,
1: and then a couple weeks go by, and it's uh, Halloween, and Mm -hmm. the school delegations arrive for the tournament.
0: I do enjoy Bobaton, (laughs) Bobaton, (laughs) Bobaton, Bobatons. I do enjoy Bobatons, (laughs) Bobatton. (laughs) to enjoy their arrival uh they arrive in a powder blue carriage which clearly is expanded on the inside much like the tent that we saw earlier in the book um pulled by giant drunk horses giant drunk winged horses i just i'm not i'm gonna do the french accent i'm gonna do the french accent we're just gonna start here do it uh, so this is Madame Maxime, who we will talk about. Will you please inform this aggregate that the horses only drink single malt whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> they only drink single malt whiskey. These are drunk horses anyway. And then Durmstrong comes out of the lake. I do hope that the giant squid is okay with this intrusion into their territory. <laughs> yeah. I hope
1: they paid a toll. Yeah.
0: You know. Just one human sacrifice. Uh, (laughs) No,
2: that would have been Polyakov if they had.
0: That's true. That poor child. Honestly, why did they bring him? Mm Mm-hmm. Gablet of Fire and the four champions are both really straightforward. Adela said they happen over like 12 hours or something. It's just a lot of people putting their name in the cup, and then the name's coming out of the cup, but there's drama that happens.
1: It's very dramatique. (laughs) <laughs> oh, full of teenagers. Um, I guess we can start going through. Yeah, some Yeah, are notes. there any like themes that we need to pick out, or is this really just yes? Plot?
2: I feel like this is okay, Zoe.
1: <laughs> I would say that there are a
0: few. Uh, there's Moody and Karkaroff's interactions. Yep. There's Hagrid and Maxi- Madame Maxime's interactions, and then right at the end. Ron's reaction mm-hmm. um, and those three things carry through I wouldn't say all of the book certainly but enough that they should be in the forefront of your mind as you read the next few chapters sure um, they're pretty important and also
1: Harry being able to toss off the imperial course- curse you should just keep that in mind forever yeah. from now on yeah I did I did specifically note that I was like boy it, I'm sure that's going to become relevant to the plot that Harry can do that. Yeah, it's...
0: There are some miniature themes that are character-based that I've sort of noted here. Um, Ron being xenophobic about French things. Uh
1: Just try the damn fucking... Can I say... Bizarre. Yeah. To me. The way that the author... All right, so let's just go into this. So... Yeah. (laughs) First of all, absolutely incoherent, like... her trying to accent Uh, accent and cultural stereotypes like she doesn't even do like french stereotypes well no the eastern europe eastern bloc whatever durmstrong is supposed to be is just absolutely incoherent she knows like two french foods she knows (laughs) bouillabaisse and blancmange And mentions them. (laughs) That's so true. Uh, And she's like, I, and then she's trying to make this whole like xenophobia thing, like where the students from each school don't like each other, which, like, I know that people from different European countries don't like each other, but she's trying to make it this whole racism thing. It's,
0: yeah, it's
1: real fucking weird. Um, Like, none of the, interactions between schools in this section worked for me at all
2: it seems like the Durmstrang students are a lot more like warm and friendly than the french students
1: yeah they're more impressed we don't really even see the french students like we see the the whatever her name is that gets picked for the tournament floor Mm -hmm.
2: yeah i don't think we really see any of the students except for the champions from now on really yeah much. we
1: get a few shots of like the other girls from that school like being oh hysterical. and so okay
0: in the movies they make beau an all-girls school and durmstrong an all-boys school which of course yes. makes like the delegation or like the entire well, the delegations they the don't delegations say it. but like the implication is that they're yeah. single sex schools. Here's the problem with that. What happens to the people of other genders in those areas in those that are supposed yeah. to go to those schools? Are French boys just not educated in magic? Yeah. Bizarre. Anyway,
1: I mean, the book even specifies that both delegations are yeah. gender, I think. Yeah. yeah At least Bobaton is specifically. I think the
2: idea that JKR is trying to get across with the French school is that it's very elitist. Oh, yeah.
1: Yeah. Which, again, weird Why? Because mishandled stereotypes.
0: The British and the French, of course, famously, don't get along.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. But she's not... Mm. I don't I know. know. The Wizarding World is small. Why would they be doing this? Do you think this, yeah. is,
2: wh- this is because JKR doesn't like France or because she thinks <laughs> that... They just think that the Wizarding, I mean, wizarding World certainly. would have the same prejudice that the...
1: I think it's because she's a Thatcherist. I, I mean, it's it's the same thing as like Mrs. Weasley not wanting uh, her son to wear an earring. Like, yeah, yeah. where who instilled this prejudice? Yeah, Michael Thatcher. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean, obviously, he's a way older than that, but I had to go yeah. for the easy joke. I also I have to wonder. This is not actually discussed in here. Are they just getting tutored by their head of school?
2: The whole time that they're at Hogwarts? Yeah.
1: They don't attend classes. Yeah. Are they here the whole year? Yes. Yeah, are they just, like, chilling? Like, It's a very good question.
2: We never read anything about what the other students are doing aside from the Because it does sort imply
1: champions. that Maxime and <laughs> Karkaroff are the only adults that came along.
0: Yes. Yes. Definitely. 100%. There's supposed to be, like, 20 students
1: each. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's not like it's a massive group, but I will say one adult, one adult to 20 teenagers is not an appropriate chaperone show, And <laughs> nope, even in magical <laughs> school contexts. Yeah, there's uh, a lot need of like fanfic. You need 3 adults on that bus trip. Oh god. Yeah. <laughs> um there's definitely quite a lot of fanfic about like
0: shenanigans that happen during this year.
1: I mean, I guess Hogwarts is so remote that They can't. Yeah, it's not like they can get to Hogsmeade without opening the gates. Like they can't get exit. Like the only (laughs) place they could Um... (laughs) possibly go is Hogsmeade, and even that's hard. I would
2: imagine that they are probably being tutored in empty classrooms in Hogwarts, like or at their in their vehicles.
1: (laughs) I mean, they're all they're all in their seventh year, right? Yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking. They could be they could have brought along their textbooks and be studying by themselves. Yeah, Yeah, they could be
2: studying
0: for their newts.
2: I don't know if all wizarding schools have the same year structure as Hogwarts does.
1: Yeah, they might not all be seventh years. It must be similar because of the age thing.
2: I mean it means that they don't they it just means that they graduate around the same age or they might graduate later. Yeah. But it could still be a different anyway.
0: We don't know. So actually, speaking of classes, I would like to double back and talk about some of the snippets that we got in yes. the Bobette and Dernstern chapter before the silly accents arrive. Uh-huh. Um, I have some thoughts about this. Uh, uh-huh. and I think that E also has some thoughts about this. Um, I This is our first trip to the Owlry. Harry has to go up to the Owlery to send a letter to Sirius to basically be like, don't sacrifice yourself for me. I'm not worth it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which Hermione points out, it's a lie, but, you know. Um, So this is the first look that we get of the owlry, and I love it. It's just a big circular stone room full of owls.
1: but apparently um, nobody cleans.
0: Nobody cleans. The owls have it to themselves. Um, But both E and I noted that uh, one of the things that we really enjoyed about this is that Hedwig Hedwig has a very full personality. um, She does. Which is really sweet. I guess Pigwidgeon also has a full personality. It's just less endearing than Hedwig's.
1: <laughs> That's because everything connected to the Weasleys has to be comic relief. Yes. Uh-huh. But Hedwig is really upset because he like threw her off of
0: his knee when he was upset the night before. Yeah, he was mean. He was mean. Um, and so she was evidently still furious about his lack of gratitude the previous night. In the end, it was Harry suggesting she might be too tired, that perhaps he would have to ask Ron to borrow Pigwidge in, that made her stick out her leg and allow him to tie the letter to it. It's just a very fun little yeah moment there.
2: By the time she gets back with uh. Sirius yeah, implies like she is no longer later. angry yeah and she's just very yeah. very tired and yeah. Sirius is
0: like
1: good try I'm still coming
0: yeah he offered Hedwig his bacon rinds which she ate gratefully she hooted sleepily and dipped her beak briefly into his goblet of orange juice okay Harry your owl eats like raw vole with that beak
2: <laughs> please don't Are drink that orange juice just... after she
0: used just... <laughs> <laughs> anyway um we, we love Hedwig in this household. Imperial? hmm
2: Love to cast an unforgivable curse that should send you to Azkaban on underage children. Yeah.
0: Dumbledore that it's fine.
1: Dumbledore, it yeah. sounds like instructed, but <laughs> not just approved it.
0: Uh-huh. Yeah, Julia furiously texted me because last episode I said shout mm-hmm. out to Julia for putting that brainworm in my brain. So shout out to Julia, again, that brainworm still there.
1: <laughs> yep. <laughs> and I will just be over here.
0: Harry watched as, one by one, his classma- <laughs> classmates did the most extraordinary things under its influence, the Imperial Curse. Dean Thomas hopped around, hopped three times around the room singing the national anthem. Lavender Brown imitated a squirrel. Neville performed a series of quite astonishing gymnastics he certainly would not have been capable of in his normal state. Not one of them seemed to be able to fight off the curse, and each of them recovered only when Moody had removed it.
1: Okay, here's a question. Why does a mind control curse give you different physical abilities? (laughs) I think it's because it hardwires
0: into your muscles. Yeah, that's wild. So if it says do a backflip, your muscles do a backflip.
1: Magic, magic. Yeah.
0: Here's
2: an unrelated to the imperial, but related to that paragraph question. Um, uh
0: huh.
2: Is Dean singing "God Save the Queen"?
0: <laughs> I would assume so. Dean is muggleborn. He is
2: muggleborn, so it would make sense that he knows that. Does anyone else there know that? <laughs> <laughs>
0: I assume only the Muggleborns.
2: I wonder if is there a Wizarding World national anthem? Anthem. Yeah.
0: Also, like, what was Moody's command?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was it sing I the mean, national anthem, or
1: was or it or just sing
2: a song? In which case, it was like the automatic song that you would know. That now that
1: most raises a heart. question: Do Muggles, or sorry, do wizards acknowledge the authority of the British this Queen? This is
2: my question. They do in so. a fic
1: that I recommended in the last episode. I was. Go- they must, right? I mean, otherwise, you would have... They recognize
0: like, the authority of the Muggle Prime Minister.
2: Yeah, they do, specifically, later in the books, but not... The Queen is never once mentioned in the books.
1: Surely they at least nominally pay taxes, right?
2: Mm-hmm. I highly doubt it. Most
1: of their houses are unplottable or
0: yeah. not findable. By conventional means, so no.
2: I don't that I don't think that any of them are like registered as citizens.
1: Like what happens to Muggle? P- like I just now that <laughs> is a good question. Like what happens to like? Are they just declared legally dead?
2: They're probably registered as citizens by the Ministry, like in the, the Wizarding world, but not at not I bet by is, like, the
0: some sort of cooperation between the magical and muggle ministry of like when somebody turns 17 they become like legally dead in the muggle world or something like that
1: surely somebody would have noticed all of these like kids just disappearing or being presumed dead Yeah, as teens like that would be a national news story well this is
2: like where we were talking before about like when you're a muggle born and you Graduate, do you just leave the muggle world forever?
1: Yeah. Like, like, you have
2: friends and family there, so we don't know that because we don't, that is not a thing that J.K.R. was These interested worlds
1: in. Cannot be separated. Bizarre. I don't know how to answer anyway. this question. I have so many questions now. Plot hole. She didn't think about it. No kidding. <laughs> Anyways, presumably it's God Save the Queen. Presumably yep. it's God Save the Queen. Um,
0: so here's what Imperio feels like. Harry felt a floating sensation as every thought and worry in his oh, head was wiped gently away. That's an important sentence. Okay, um, I'll go back a couple sentences. Actually, Moody raised his wand, pointed it at Harry, and said, "Imperio." It was the most wonderful feeling. Harry felt a floating sensation as every thought and worry in his head was wiped gently away, leaving nothing but a vague, untraceable happiness. He stood there feeling immensely relaxed and only dimly aware of everyone watching him. And then he heard Mad-Eye Moody's voice echoing in some distant chamber of his empty brain. Jump onto the desk. Jump onto the desk. So this is an antidepressant?
2: hmm <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is, is, they're just really high, but also really suggestible. Yeah. But also, like, physically yeah. controlled.
1: It's, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I do enjoy the sort
0: of mental fight that Harry has here. Um, So Moody is saying jump onto the desk and his brain is saying, why? It seems like Mm -hmm. a really dumb thing to do. I I don't think I'm going to
1: do that thing. Yeah, I don't think I will. Thank
0: you. (laughs) Also, he
2: fractured both his kneecaps. Ouch. Yeah, yikes. Ouch. You need to go to the hospital wing, Harry. Just
1: (laughs) get that taken care of.
2: I just I just realized that Harry's internal monologue is like sassy Harry just all the time. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, um and then Harry jumps directly headlong into the desk instead because
1: he both jumped and
2: tried not to jump. And then Moody made him do it over and over and over and over again with fractured kneecaps apparently until he was could throw up off the curse entirely.
1: Yeah. It only four took time, 4, four times. Which is impressive. Easier for Harry than learning Patronus. Yeah. Which he, like, did over the course of weeks. Yeah, very interesting. Implications about his trauma. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
1: Also, apparently the effects just, like, last, even when the curse is is dispelled. Yeah, that's
2: weird. I don't know what's up with that. (laughs)
1: Because that's like head.
2: that's a thing that we have seen before with like charms and jinxes. Sometimes like taking a while to wear off, but it seems weird with this spell.
0: Yeah, it seems really weird. It's that wrong seems head. like a plot hole because I don't think that Ipping, that holds true. Which is
1: presumably the thing he was forced to do. Yeah, this feels like it's not.
0: It doesn't make sense
2: because this is a spell that either you break out of or is the person lifts it, and if they lift yeah. it, then it's gone. So it's yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Um, I would like to... I would like to talk about the ferret again. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Yeah, there's... So there's a few... Like, there's a montage here of, like, all of the classes they have homework in. Which yeah. apparently, everyone has been giving a ton of homework this year. Uh, and Hagrid. So Hagrid is
0: encouraging slash ordering his students to come on
1: evenings and weekends to feed the scroots
2: to observe the scroots and take notes
1: take notes on them which is a reasonable assignment for like a biology or a yeah it's a totally reasonable assignment for basically a lab
0: right yeah Yeah. however these are scroots so I definitely understand the hesitation Malfoy (laughs) saying I will not I see enough of these foul things during lessons thanks um I'm right there with you Draco which is not a sentence I say very often. Hagrid's response is that you'll do what you're told or I'll be, I'm not going to do the accent or I'll be taking a leaf out of of Professor Moody's book. I hear you make a pretty good ferret. Okay. Yeah. There's in our little discord, we have some places where we're putting some thoughts and I put some stuff in spoiler blocks so that E can't read it, but Adela can. And this again Mm -hmm. has to do with some brainworm things. And so there's reasons that I really hate Malfoy being turned into a ferret that have to do with that. Uh-huh. But I think I was re-listening to the episode because it was a little while between recordings if you're listening to this. And here's why I think even just turning into the ferret is so bad. Uh-huh. Even without the physical bouncing of the ferret, in tr- it is true that in general witch and wizard lore people get turned into animals all the time and there's no indication that that's a bad thing. People come in and out of that state. Mm-hmm. There is no indication in this world that that is the case. Yeah. None. Especially since from what Professor McGonagall is saying that would constitute as corporeal punishment. Yeah. Being turned into an animal? Right. And I get that it's a comedy scene, but this has been like eating my brain up. Yeah. I just think it's really 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 bad. And yeah. just the the comedic aspect of turning Malfoy into a ferret, I appreciate but it's been eating me up. (laughs) And so I just want to reiterate that, like, I, I hate it. Yeah, I wholeheartedly
2: agree and wanted to clarify if it wasn't clear before that I did not think it was a good thing.
1: It is a comedy thing. Yeah, it's like what you were saying, like, if this was common in this world and if it was presented, if it was presented as harmless and.
2: Or if it was in, like, the first book when things were more cartoonish
1: right yeah Even that maybe it would have set up yeah it would have set up that this is specific a thing. to this one character
2: exactly
0: also it never happens again yeah mm-hmm. no one has ever turned into an animal again yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: we are not we are never ever talking about nagini
1: we have <laughs> a system no, for that not. which is animagus
0: mm-hmm, yeah. exactly and i think that it's also important to note here that what I'm pushing back against is not the two of you; it's it's JKR's writing oh, yeah, here that this yeah. is played for comedy. But what it is is sudden torture of a 14 year old boy.
1: Yeah. yeah, who is
0: then also physically tortured on top of that, and so it really, really bothers me that Hagrid then pulls out this threat. Yeah. Right. Also, what is Hagrid doing threatening magic? He's not supposed to be able to do magic. It's like a known thing. It's an empty threat. But just the fact that Hagrid threatens
1: this Mm -hmm. bothers me so much. Yeah. Hagrid of all people, right? Like, who specifically, like, really cares for animals Mm -hmm. and the treatment of animals. Just weird.
2: It's another case of JKR's writing mistakes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Spreading into other places where we they make things worse. Like Hagrid is a wonderful character and let's not make him not
0: that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I just think it was
0: I just wanted to reiterate that cuz it came up again here and just thinking back to especially how it's done in the movie, which by the way is a great comedic scene in the movie, it just struck me as something that I really hated about her writing in the last chapter chunk that we read, so I wanted to come back to that. Also, um, McGonagall, stop telling Neville off.
1: Yeah, poor Neville.
0: And Snape,
1: don't poison your students. <laughs> he
2: he he won't, but that is the thing that they think is going to happen. He he threatens he, it to happen.
1: He makes it pretty clear that what that's what he's planning to do. No, uh-huh. he he poisons Neville's toad instead.
2: Yeah. So you have that to look forward to. Oh, good. But not the yeah. students. Probably because that would be illegal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. so are un- unforgivable curses, but you know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. Um, poor kids. Yeah. I mean, that could wrap around to, if the author were smarter about this, that could wrap around to everyone older than. 15 has war trauma. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so it's yep. just sort of nonsense.
2: Uh back to the Beaubaton and Dermstrings arrivals. <laughs>
1: Here they come.
2: Here they come.
1: Is it going to become relevant that Madame Maxime is extremely large? Yes. Like it does that become like. Yes. Okay. Because it is non-stereotypical Mm-hmm. And very interesting and very cool. Yeah. Uh,
2: Zoe, you had a note about Parvati?
1: Yes, I have a note about Parvati. What did I say?
0: Yes. Okay, so um, this is a thing that I always noticed and appreciated um, and would like to have seen more of in the movies, although they do start doing it in movie four, which is... Please keep in mind when this book was published, which let's crawl on back here. Oh yes, 2000. So still the long 90s because the 90s didn't end until 9-11. Um, yep. Also it's of, set in 1994. But. It's also set in 1994, which even more so. Parvati Patil has a giant ornamental butterfly in her hair. Who the f*** remembers butterfly clips? And I don't mean butterfly <laughs> clips as in the, the the thing that is called a butterfly clip that like clicks back and forth. No, I mean... Clips for your hair with giant ornamental butterflies on them. Yep. Yep. There is Uh so little of like the muggle fashion world in these books. And I so Uh, deeply uh, appreciate the tragedy. This tiny, tiny moment because it tells you exactly what these girls are wearing underneath their robes. And exactly what these boys are wearing underneath their robes. You know that the fashion has infiltrated Hogwarts and it's still like two or three years behind because of the magical world and I love that she's wearing this giant ornamental butterfly in her hair.
2: Until McGoggle tells her yeah. she's not allowed.
0: <laughs> but it's great. It's fantastic. Um, we also walked past, walked past, the um, uh, more hermione stuff, but
1: don't worry that'll come back round. Just keep it in mind. Yeah, I mean, it's not even... It's not anything. It's not anything, right? It's the author just, like, constantly pointing at Hermione and going, look, isn't she ridiculous? Yeah.
2: Hermione is angry about the uh, her favorite book, Hogwarts, A History, completely ignoring house elves.
1: By the way, a reasonable complaint. Like, yeah. again, if this were being written by a smarter author, that would be a genuine, like point of mm-hmm. critique about how history is written by the privileged. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About the privileged. And there could be a thing there. But nope. I do want to point out that Fred and
0: George asked her if she's been to the kitchens. Keep that in mind. Okay. Yep. Cool. Accent time.
1: I will just hand this Accent over time. to E. Go nuts. I mean, I can't I cannot critique French accents. It is not my area of expertise or really even amateur knowledge. I mean, I always hate written accents. I, it would be so much more coherent to just write the dialogue. Maybe and say put in, a French and accent. And say, like she said, with a French accent. Right. Yeah. Like maybe if you really know what you're doing, you could put in some grammar things to replicate the way that French grammar is different from English mm-hmm. or Russian grammar is different from English. I don't think Kargarov has a written accent. He does not. He's English.
0: I think he does in the movies, mm. but um, he's English. Also
1: whiskey isn't even French. Whiskey's not French. I don't think the horses themselves are French. <laughs> no, it's just, I don't know. I'm, like i'm i'm impressed and confused by how anti stereotypical maxime and her horses are to, there are reasons for that to how french like how stereotypically french the rest of volbaton is
0: we should note their descriptions actually because i really love the karkaroff description um but we should also note the madame maxime actual description yeah um <clears throat> a handsome face, a handsome olive-skinned face, large black with, black liquid-looking eyes, and a rather beaky nose. So she's Mediterranean. Um, her hair was drawn back, Southern Fran- French, maybe North African, um, like Egyptian, mm-hmm. um, but definitely Mediterranean. Dress is all in Greek, black. Greek, maybe. And is very tall. All, all in black, very tall. Her feet are the size of small child sleds. Her hair was drawn back in a shining bob at the back of her base of her neck. She was dressed head to foot in black satin. and Satin is not a forgiving fabric. And many magnificent opals gleamed at the, her throat and on her thick fingers.
1: Dressed very elegantly. Yes, black satin, though. Satin is such a... I don't satin would not be the...
0: Um, silk, which you yeah. will note her students are wearing... Maybe J.K.R. doesn't know the difference between satin and silk. Oh, she absolutely does not know the difference. (laughs) 100% does not know the difference. But satin is a very unforgiving fabric and uh, raw silk would have been a better look for Madame Maxime. Anyway, um, Karkaroff is actually my favorite written description in in the entire series of a character. Um, I think it's one of the most Mm well-described. It's not even that like the character is that particularly memorable or whatever. But I find just this particular description to be a highlight of this whole series in its its evocativeness.
2: Also without being like offensive or like degrading to any particular type of person. Yeah. Yeah. Madame
0: Maxime was almost there and then she had a beaky nose. Um, Yeah.
1: Which like you can describe a, like a prominent nose without being weird about it. Yeah. I don't know about beaky, but it's better than Roman, I suppose.
0: Mm. Karkaroff had a fruity, unctuous voice. When he stepped into the light pouring from the front doors of the castle, they saw he was tall and thin like Dumbledore, but his white hair was short and his goatee finishing in a small curl did not entirely hide his rather weak chin. There's something so evocative and yeah, immediately understandable about who this character is and it's the Especially tiny
2: things. you get to the next part about his eyes.
0: Yes. Um, dear old Hogwarts, he went to Hogwarts, he said, looking up at the castle and smiling, his teeth were rather yellow, and Harry noticed that his smile did not extend to his eyes, which remained cold and shrewd. Mm-hmm. What's a fruity
1: voice? <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: in this For case, summers, it goes
1: with unctuous. Uh, yeah. I mean, if it goes with unctuous, which is like slimy, oily unctuous is like the good kind of oily
0: though unctuous is, is like it? yeah
1: yeah it sounds um, good
2: <laughs> it sounds unpleasant
0: unctuous let's see mary webb <laughs> interesting this is actually i always think of the second definition and not the first unctuous is like excessively smooth and oily which uh, of a person excessively or ingratiatingly flattering oily interesting I actually took it to be, I think, combined with fruity, I took it as, like, this sort of, like, rich and huh. well-bodied, but it's, like...
2: The description of his voice makes me think of, like, uh, chocolate with can like, like with the, like, fruit stuff inside that I hate, that is, like, sickeningly sweet. That's what it makes me think of.
1: I think that yeah, that's correct. I get, like, sleazy vibes from this description. Yeah. Oh, you're correct.
0: Um... Some synonyms, sycophantic, ingratiating, obsequious, fawning. <laughs> yeah. But there's something about, like, the tiny words that she's chosen here, fruity, unctuous. I think it's that
2: he's putting on an act with his voice. Oh, yeah.
0: uh-huh. Is what's happening here. I picture him as Jafar. I'm just going to go ahead and say that one out
2: Yeah. Yep, yep, well, that's a yep, good yep. Goal. Same. <laughs> Always have.
0: It's just Jafar, but... With white hair instead of black, he's got the. Curl I always in his forget goatee. that he has
2: white hair, and I picture him with black. Hair. Not quite Same. as obviously evil.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, mm. not as obviously.
0: Yeah, okay. Might be evil. Jafar is literally the Grand Vizier, the position that in any kind of fantasy is always the evil man. So always I I, I take your point. Um, Crum. Crum is here. Uh, my note reads, more evidence that Ron is the straightest boy alive and Harry <laughs> dot 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 isn't. Which has to do more with Fleur, but I think also has to do with just sort of this whole book. Ron is just the epitome of the
1: straight boy who loves a straight sport boy. Yeah. She, she does capture that very well. Like, Yeah. Also, wild that this schoolboy is allowed to play professional Quidditch. Yeah. How does that work? The same way that college
0: students play professional hockey and professional soccer. But he's in high school.
2: I mean, we have high school students that play in the OHL. Like in the provincial hockey league. High school
0: students play in the OHL and the WHL. And you've got like 19-year-old college students and even freshman 18-year-old college students playing in National Women's Soccer League. Who, like, drop out of college or do decide to do online schooling. And then you've got, like, a couple of hockey boys who drop out of
1: college to go do NHL. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah. You must have some school provision to do fewer classes or something. Mm-hmm. Because...
2: Yeah. Well, my cousin is a professional athlete and it took, like, nine years to finish school so that he could yeah. be a professional yeah. athlete. So
0: I was wondering if he's 19 or 20. God, I just... Having that thought in my brain, given what happens later in this book, makes me. Yeah, they think that he's.
2: They think that he's eighteen. He's supposed to be eighteen. They think that he's eighteen when they're talking about him at the World Cup.
0: Okay, so he's eighteen maximum nineteen. That still doesn't undo something that will come later. Cool. (gasps) Um, The thing that I was going to talk about with the straightest boy alive is um, Fleur, who is part Vila. Yeah. And Ron just like
1: immediately cannot control his libido. Which will be made clear later, I assume.
2: We already kind of told E about this. We didn't say the name. I mean, it's not.
1: Like, it's pretty obvious.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But Harry is like nowhere near as affected by this. Mm -hmm. Um, Which I Uh. just take for him to
1: be less straight than Ron. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy. I mean, also, different people are different levels of horny. Yeah. Yeah regardless of their their <laughs> attraction. Also
2: there were definitely some girls ch- turning their heads as well as boys. JKR. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Just saying. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> Bobaton wears light blue and Durmstrang wears deep blood red, which is just kind of an interesting thing about their yeah.
1: uniforms. I think my headcanon is now that Beaubaton is in the South of France because there are multiple references to the students not bringing enough clothes. Oh, 100%. It is definitely south of France. They ain't up in the Pyrenees, that's for sure. Which, (laughs) again, all of her stereotypes are like Parisian stereotypes.
2: Very much so.
1: That's not at all what southern France is like. Just absolute nonsense. Anyway.
0: I think we should scoot right along. We've kind of spent a lot of time on the first parts of these chapters, and there's some interesting stuff
1: happening in a bit. Okay. I don't know what how this is written in the American edition. Maybe it's the same. Would love. There's to a funny moment where Dumbledore says, the moment has come, uh, we're about to bring in the casket, and Harry's like, excuse me? <laughs> yes. From our UK listeners, is casket a word that can refer to other things? In the US... At least in my experience, casket exclusively refers to... A thing that holds a dead body. A thing that holds a dead yeah. body. for funeral.
2: I think a casket is like a box. <laughs> but like a fancy box.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that Harry has the same reaction, though. Because yeah. it is the same in the American edition. Ron also doesn't know what's happening. <laughs> but Dumbledore says the casket... The what? Harry muttered. Ron shrugged.
1: And then it is... It is described as a great wooden chest encrusted with jewels, extremely old. Yeah. The cup itself,
0: I did not post a picture of this, although it is the chapter art for the Goblet of Fire, but I posted it way back when we started Book 4 because it's also the art at the very, very opening of Book Uh 4. It's a rough-hewn wooden cup. It is a wooden cup. Which I enjoy. In the movies, it's like a gilded gold thing, which is not surprising. Mm
1: -hmm. I mean, it's a wooden cup, which is why it's like impressive that there's fire in it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um. It's an age
0: line.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yep.
0: There's an age, an age line. line. <laughs> uh, just one note: Karkaroff and Moody interact here. The color drained from Karkaroff's face.
2: E, do you have a? Uh, do you have any thoughts about Karkaroff and Moody's interactions throughout these chapters?
1: I mean, obviously, they have some past experiences. But no idea of what of what kind. Gotcha. I just it, there's not enough information here. Although yep. once we're getting towards the towards the four champions chapter, like there are enough puzzle pieces that ha- have been placed on the table that like this is the point where I would usually, as a reader, go back and like skim the first chapters, mm-hmm. and go back to like that conversation between. Voldemort and Wormtail to be like, okay, so let me refresh on those clues. I don't think I will do that. That's fair. But that would be the point at which I would be like, alright, let me actually get these back into my memory. From th- these things that I read, you know, a third of a book ago, which are finally <laughs> relevant enough to make any sense. Mm-hmm. Fred and George. Fred and George. Um, You know, Bless our hearts for trying.
2: <laughs> I enjoyed that George was so excited at the thinking that Fred had succeeded that he just jumps right in before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's very good. I also like that. Who is? It? Is it Lee? Yeah, is just like cackling at the. Yeah, bullion. it's great, and they're laughing too, which I like. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's very fun. I also enjoy that Dumbledore is happy about this circumstance because apparently he was
2: just walking by while this happened, also, and just like, "Oh, here's my moment to come in and."
0: (laughs) Because they "Ah." end up with a long, long, long—they both end up with long, long white beards
1: um, as they're thrown out of the circle like a shot putter. Honestly, I think Dumbledore was probably just lurking the whole time, waiting, (laughs) (laughs) waiting for that to happen. to Someone (laughs) knows
0: exactly who is in the hospital wing waiting to be shaved means that he's been watching.
1: The whole time. Oh yeah.
2: Oh my god, so true.
1: Um, should we look at the Tumblr post that Zoe? Yeah, this aired? is a good time yes. to look at that. I think. Uh, so Zoe has linked this post by—is this the original poster? Lullaby yes. Nell on Tumblr, which is a headcanon post about uh how the Goblet of Fire thing <laughs> works. And it's it's long, so we won't read the whole thing, and we'll link it in
0: the show notes. Um, yeah, but and and the it was juice inspired is... by many. Uh, as many shitposts are on, or headcanons are on Tumblr by um, Ship shitpost, um, mm-hmm. which is a great sort of just like, they just post a bunch of
1: things nonsense. that may not have happened, nonsense mostly, and um, it's great. So when Harry is chosen, Dumbledore has this line. I think it's Dumbledore who says, like, yeah. you ask an older student to put your name in for you. Which implies that that's a thing that can happen. It doesn't seem like you are restricted to putting in one name per person not. who crosses the line. At least that
2: um, is the uh, the
1: That's the implication.
2: Implication in this in this uh, Tumblr post. But
1: <laughs> And so the Tumblr post is like, well, what if some like slither in seventh year was like, All right, time to make a business out of this? You know, pay me you know a sickle or whatever and i'll i'll put in your name um and it's it like
0: goes through all of the uh my favorite possibilities my favorite is the second
2: paragraph should i read it yes yeah (laughs) you're a first year who can't cast wingardium leviosa yet whatever sure just pay up There's no way you're going to be chosen against Angelina, quote, can probably crush you with her thighs, unquote, Johnson. But at least you can tell your 11-year-old buddies that you did a cool thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And then it goes through various other people who could pay to get their names put in. Or put the names of their pets in, just for pranks. Put McGonagall's name in. No, that's a bad idea. She will just apparently destroy everyone.
0: Um, there's an equivalent to Angelina crush you with her thighs, Johnson, which is you're a third year who thinks that becoming the Hogwarts champion will impress your crush. Okay. into the fiery cup, but also LMFAO. Have you seen Cedric Hottie McDreamy, the Hufflepuff degree? Like hot damn. <laughs> um, so it's great. Uh, it's just very fun. Yeah. It also makes sense. There's a little bit in here about like, don't you know that, like, putting in your name more than once wouldn't work? Right. But the Slytherin's like, well, well, I can try. Because that's how they're getting past every,
1: yeah. every time they say they're putting like The cup name in. is a sentient object that is, like, actively choosing
2: yeah. a person. Do you think the, the cup is a very similar thing to the Sorting Hat? That's what that I thought of.
1: I think it's less sentient, but yes. Yeah. Well, it has to be able to like.
2: It might be more like it just looks at like the literal capabilities of each person as like yeah. this person. Seems
1: like capable it of somehow of has the ability this. to connect names to people and evaluate yeah. those people. Yep. So probably a similar spell, but it
0: doesn't have the ability to talk in the same way. Yeah. You
1: know? Which honestly, it's probably more powerful than the hat because the hat just evaluates whoever it's placed on. Like it's connected. Physically, yeah, this is not
0: even connected. It's connected via like- Their name. Their name.
1: Name Which magic. is a pretty powerful thing. Yeah,
0: entering more names doesn't help because it's not a lottery. The goblet actually chooses. So a person can only really be entered once. It's probably a good thing that Cedric tried to have one a Quidditch match made invalid out of fairness, (laughs) Diggory and Harry, I'm confused and don't want to be here, Potter, were chosen. Because if fourth year Ravenclaw Travis Collins had been chosen, the Goblet would have sped out all 108 scraps of paper with his name on it. That Uh, Literally, that line,
2: like other than the like quotes around their names, that line sounds like a line from the book.
0: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great headcanon and there's- I feel like there's not as many headcanons about book 4. Um I'm yeah. sure I'm going to be roasted by people who read a lot of school fic, but
1: I I don't. But I think that I mean that's sort of the sign of when a part of the canon is written well is that yeah. there's less like drive in the fandom to
0: There's a lot of like it. little things that get changed about the tournament itself and things like that, but I feel like a lot of the plot stays canon for book four in a way that I find really interesting I'll, I'll yeah. say it that way because there's a lot of canon changes in school fix
1: in god book two book three book six. Ones that people have more problems with
0: yeah and book four is sort of it's queerified, my god yeah but like <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways the plot stays everyone loves a tournament everybody loves a tournament
1: everyone yeah
0: Everybody loves a tournament. Uh, Angelina could probably crush you with her thighs. Johnson, of course, does put her name in the cup. And everyone in Gryffindor would love her to win. Yeah. I am, I, I would, I, I was about to say, I would love her to, to see this book rewritten with her as the champion, but I have other things in my brain now. But
2: yeah, I still think uh, she would have made a great champion. I was thinking about uh-huh. that. I also think she would make a great champion. I am glad for other reasons that it was Cedric
1: instead of Angelina. Um, I have a, Question, sort of tangential to this. Sure. So, like, this is a competition between schools, not between houses, per se. Correct. Right. Does the winner of the tournament also get like house points? No. Okay. No, I don't. It's think just, so. it it's just not related a,
2: like, to Hogwarts. Pride.
0: It's
1: just this thing. is this is the Olympics. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, this is child's Olympics.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I mean. So the thing I'm thinking about is, like, how much the kids are shown to be, like, pushing for someone from their house to get chosen. And I was wondering if that's, like...
2: I think that's just a matter of house pride in general, that they are...
1: If Harry hadn't been chosen, Uh the entire
0: school would have backed Cedric. They would have dropped house pride entirely.
2: Yeah. Um, I mean, they kind of do that anyway, but... Yeah,
0: they end up doing that anyway, which is a whole... You're going to see that, but... I think that there is house pride until a school champion is clo- chosen and then it's school versus school in right. an interesting way.
2: Um speaking of house pride, the Gryffindor party sounds like an absolute nightmare from Harry's yeah. perspective.
1: Oh yeah. It is the like, worst it is when you're <laughs> already like stressed and overstimulated and yeah. you have to go into this extremely loud and raucous environment.
2: And everyone yeah. is yelling at you and talking to you and, and like it's cheering just making you and
1: your brain shrivel. <laughs> yeah, poor Harry. I have experienced poor this Harry. and it's bad.
0: Um, fucking Hagrid again in these chapters. Who thinks that house elves should just be slaves again? Yeah,
1: the, the writing she here keeps doing this. Yep, he
2: keeps look doing at these this. characters that we like. They think that it's fine, therefore it's fine. Yeah. I am. And...
0: <sighs> so tired of it what i wrote here is that the language that jkr uses actually pushes against her theory that households are happy to be slaves because if you look at the definition of slave it's not a, it's not servant it's not paid it's not something that somebody chooses to be yeah if you choose to volunteer f- exactly slavery is something that is forced upon you often for multiple generations yeah which with is the case with households. yeah with violence offered as the only way out or through, right? Like this is not, it's subjugation. Yes. And the word freedom is used by Hagrid. He says, I'm not saying there isn't the odd elf who will take freedom. What? Uh Just like the definitions of the words that she's using push against her quote unquote theory of house elves being happy. It's just absolute nonsense.
1: It is absolute nonsense, and she keeps, like, trying to contort herself into making it work and make it interesting, but it's not interesting, and it's not done well.
0: And, like, she's so close to turning them into brownies, which I think Adela can talk more about here, but... Hagrid says um, it's an in their nature to look after humans. That's what yeah. they like. You see, it'd be making them unhappy to take away their work, insulting them if you tried to pay them, which is a thing so in that's actual like, mythology. Okay, so
2: yeah. So if they were brownies, which is what they were inspired by clearly, um, then yes, they do choose to care for humans in because they are either they are household guardians or they move into a house because they feel like doing that because they do enjoy housework um and they would be angry if they were kicked out of that house because they feel responsible for it but that is a different thing than being owned by yeah.
1: they are a not, family they are not ordered around by the people who they like coexist in with. fact
2: they are usually not seen by the people that they well like they well i guess that's also true with house elves but they're they're like a house spirit like they're not like yeah, they're not, they're not a servant. They're not a friend, really. They they're are just...
0: literally insulted if you try to pay them. Yeah. And if you do pay them, and there's different mythology. Well, they're also insulted if you brands. don't pay them. <laughs> them. Yeah, like you have to so... pay them in the right way. Right? <laughs> so it's, it's certain kinds of food, or it's milk, or it's sometimes not milk. It depends on the mythology and the place that you're coming from with these sort of house spirits. But if you try to pay them in the wrong way... They will just destroy your home. <laughs> like, yeah. They have their own power. They have which I think power. is something important yeah. here.
2: Which house elves also have very strong powers, which we'll yeah. learn about later. But like, uh, it just, the whole thing doesn't
1: compute. It doesn't. Yeah. It is, it is, it's nonsense. And it it's absolutely is not nonsense. done in an interesting or coherent way. And I wish she would stop. And unfortunately, yes. she will not stop. Nope. No. But she does have hagrid put on cologne so <laughs> shout out to hagrid's terrible 70s suit <laughs> shout out to
0: hagrid's terrible 70s suit with the knitted yellow tie and the hairy uh, suit um oh wait i definitely the tie was sort of knitted pelt. of course it was oh, knitted, knitted by knitted himself tie. it's a knitted tie uh. and the axle grease in his hair but his hair is too long and he's just got like Also, okay, so this is the thing that I didn't notice until I was rereading this book and noticed the Axel Grease aspect, and I've been watching a lot more TikTok, and there's a really (laughs) fantastic movement on TikTok of people with natural hair, 4C hair, 4B hair, et cetera, um, mostly African-Americans,
1: but also the wider Black community. Yeah,
0: coily hair, um, who are helping others with coily and curly hair take care of their own hair and get back into natural, natural hairstyles and textures rather than chemical treatments or even like taking their braids out and going back to natural, which is like, there's nothing wrong with braids, but there is a movement on TikToks to sort of like show what a treatment would be like to sort of put in um, natural hair. Uh-huh. And so I'm reading this book and I realized at the moment that they talk about his hair that I have always pictured Hagrid as black.
2: I have always pictured him as mixed, yeah, but...
0: That could work. But, like, there's something about... I guess I just, like, never really thought about it until this particular reread, but I just sort of assumed that he was mixed or black. And I think that the description of his hair with the axle grease and the way that he's having trouble basically straightening it Uh (laughs) just reminded me of that. And so I just want to say, if somebody could please get him a hair care routine. Yeah. (laughs) He would do really great with twisties or with dreadlocks. And I just, I'm a white girl with very curly, but not kinky hair. um, But I just feel very strongly
1: that Hagrid needs a haircare routine. But of course, Hagrid has to be the unkempt one. He has to be the unkempt one. Yes, because Maxime is so elegant.
0: She's so elegant. She wears satin. (laughs) (laughs) Look, satin can be really nice. It just shows off every, like you can't wear (laughs) underwear when you're wearing satin. Yeah, because it, it will show every seam and every curve and every lump and everything you're wearing under. Like you can't wear anything under satin yeah, unless it's it lined really. To thick. be fair,
2: I think it does say layers and layers of satin. That's So if, true. I was imagining it to kind of be kind of floaty material, not like skin you tight
1: layer. But mm-hmm. I, I think you would have to
0: do. Who knows? Jake care doesn't know
2: what satin is. It's fine. But also,
0: satin <laughs> is heavy. Silk is light. She really just meant silk here. Yep, she meant shiny silk and not satin okay uh the names come out of the fire yeah hang on we didn't talk about
1: the people who came both bagman and crouch are here oh they're oh, yeah. here yeah um <laughs> that's all i just wanted to. Make- <laughs> i would like to submit my disapproval of mr crouch's first name which is bartemius bartemius which mm-hmm. is not a real name. It should be Bartimaeus, which is a real name. It should name. be Bartimaeus. Yes,
2: this is the reason why I couldn't figure out how to pronounce Bartimaeus when I read the Bartimaeus trilogy, is because I read Harry Potter before that.
0: <laughs> Bartimaeus.
1: Bartimaeus. Bartimaeus is a real name. Bartimaeus is not. Thank you. Um, also, Alistair. Alastor. Sorry, Alastor, Which, mm. Alistair is an English name. Like, mm-hmm. you could just, you could just do Alistair. Mm-hmm. Whatever.
0: So Crumb is chosen yeah. Uh, to nobody's surprise He is described as slouching
2: Doesn't seem overly pleased either way Whether that he is chosen
0: yeah. he, he sort of doesn't also give a fuck Weird for an athlete I mean yeah I imagine that's actually enhanced By the fact that on the broom he's probably gripping it In front of him so his shoulders are rounded And yeah, also like gross. the
2: aerodynamic By being like crouched down over the broom Because <laughs> you have to be fast When you're a seeker anyway. Um, he's described
0: as a lot bigger than I think Seekers are often described as. He's, yeah. uh, he's hunky.
2: But so is... Sturdy. So is so Cedric, is, Cedric. is also a Seeker. Yeah,
0: mm, Interesting. Um, the champion for Beaubaton is Fleur Delacour,
1: who is the quarter villa.
0: And of course Cedric Diggory.
1: Yeah. Okay, so here's the thing I was surprised by. I thought that somehow Harry was selected to like replace Cedric or mm. whoever as the Hogwarts champion. I mm. did not know that there would be four of them. Interesting. I mean, okay. yeah, that
2: would make sense, but.
1: <laughs> I thought Harry was going to be the only Hogwarts representative.
2: That would change the story a lot. Do you think that the school would cheer for him, aside from no. Gryffindor, if Eventually, he was the only yes. champion?
0: So eventually, yes, because eventually yeah. it becomes us versus them with the schools. But I think it would take even longer than it already takes.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Poor Harry. Yeah, Poor this Harry. is rough. So this was all Goblet of Fire. The chapter the Four Champions has the art that we will post on our Twitter. Yeah. And it's looking down on Harry from about like two feet above. He's got his hands in his jean pockets. He's looking ahead of him. And his shadow is sort of stretched far along the floor as though there's light behind him. He's sort of standing at the doorway of this door that all of the other champions have gone into. And he's just alone in a way that is really evocative in
1: this piece of art. So, Yeah. It's, it's really like, cause in this moment, nobody wants this, right? Yeah. Like Including he doesn't Harry. want this. Yeah. The teachers don't want this. The other competitors don't want this. The school doesn't want this. The school doesn't want this. The only person that kind of seems to want it is Ludo Bagman. (laughs) Yeah. But Crouch doesn't want this either. Like, his Gryffindor friends are, like, happy for him in a way, but also, like, jealous. And it's just,
0: it's a mess. So, this chapter in the movie is so frustrating because... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's a moment where Dumbledore does something that's, like, uh-huh. so completely out of character. I have seen this. I'm this. sure yeah. you've seen it everywhere. I'm in the goblet of- <laughs> um, calmly. It's- yeah, calmly. But I think, actually, this is a very well-described chapter in terms of, yeah. like,
1: mm-hmm. an
0: emotional beat that is happening Yeah, I here. like it.
1: I like it. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's- it sucks for Harry.
0: But, like, the way that they are saying that this little boy is to compete also... Somewhere under Harry's numb disbelief he felt a ripple of anger. Little boy? Like just the tiny
1: things yeah. yeah, that happen work. And the interactions between all of the adults like yeah. is good and cohesive.
2: I'm always so like frustrated with uh Ron and also a little bit Cedric for like thinking that Harry could have done this somehow. Yeah. When it's so obvious. Like I I I definitely it's an important arc that, especially with Ron, that he doesn't believe it.
1: I do like the moment of Cedric trying to be friendly about it. Yeah. Like, the only person who's friendly about it to Harry. Yes, that in is any very way. true. Um, which is kind of nice.
0: I mean, like, Harry has a good point here. I've I've written the final line of the chapter. Not the final line, but uh, he says, uh, he's trying to explain to, to Ron why somebody would put his name in the Goblet of Fire. And um, Ron says, why would somebody do that? I don't know, said Harry. He felt it would sound very melodramatic to say, to kill me. Yeah. Which is very funny. It's very funnily written. But Moody has a point here. (laughs) Yes. Yep. Yeah. Which is, Harry tends to get into situations not of his own volition that are deadly. So if Harry's involved in something that he shouldn't be involved in, chances are somebody's trying to kill him.
2: I think that up until Moody said that, Harry hadn't considered that Mm-mm. as a possibility. No, Harry, I think Harry
1: would not have considered that.
2: Yeah. I think he was just, like, kind of in shock before that. And then afterwards, he kind of considered a couple of options, but seemed if he felt like Moody's is the most likely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Maybe someone's hoping Potter is going to die for it, said Moody with the merest, merest trace of growl. An extremely tense silence followed these words. Yeah. Ludo Bagman, who was looking very anxious indeed, bounced nervously up and down on his feet and said, Moody, old man, what a thing to say. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay, I'm going to say this, which is like, for plot reasons, obviously, this is why, there is a reason why this is happening the way it is, uh-huh. but Dumbledore 1,000% could break the spell that is binding Harry to this
0: tournament. Do you think so?
2: Yes. If the wizard we know was able to hoodwink the cup into letting Harry's name be put in in the first place, Dumbledore, who is the most powerful wizard, oh. could definitely have just broken it. So here's yeah. my but thought. He's not going to because it is plots.
0: So here's my thought. The reason he couldn't is because you can only do it when the cup is lit. Mm.
1: That is what the chapter says, is that now that the cup has turned off...
2: It seems like a really risky and dangerous uh, way of... Oh yeah, of, well, the whole Like, running is... a tournament? <laughs> like, you, you, oh, yeah, it's like, your name terrible. comes out of this cup, then the light goes out, or the, the fire goes out, and you are bound, like, there is no way you're getting out of this now, even though you are a child. So, like, including the 17 yeah. year olds. But yeah. yeah.
0: I feel like there's also ways that they could have circumvented this like harry has to participate but by participate you mean like do the first 10 seconds of each challenge and then be disqualified
1: yeah i mean there are ways around this i mean they just choose to not it's bananas that there's a tournament that is potentially deadly in the first place
0: yes yeah hermione has some real good
1: points about that like why why is the fantasy olympics potentially deadly
2: i mean we know what hogwarts is like on its own that's so I true. think this is just this is just the way the wizarding world works.
0: Yeah, I have problems with that, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so then comes the party. Harry's, like, walking, once he and Cedric split up, Harry's walking up to the common room and just, like, thinking through what Moody has said here. He'd thought about entering, he'd fantasized about it, but he wouldn't actually do it, and there's no real, he can't think of anything at first of, like, yeah, he'd make a fool of himself, but, like, to get him killed. And then he realizes that um, his dream talked about killing him. But also he
1: feels like it's, it's just too distant. This is like the reverse situation of book one, where book one was like, if literally you had just let the adults be in charge of this, everything would have been fine. This one is like the adults are the ones making this situation a problem. They're yes. making
0: it so much worse all the
1: time. <laughs> Which is very funny. Yeah. And then we find Ron. And Ron is really upset about it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, For reasons that the author doesn't make explicit in this moment,
2: but like... We'll see in the next chapter.
1: But, I mean, it's, it's this whole thing about the Weasleys having a chance to win money. Uh, there's some other things going on with Ron, but yes. There's some other things probably, but like... Just generally runs like feeling left
2: out of things always. It is a
1: relatable feeling when your friend who is already rich and and famous famous and entitled (laughs) Mm -hmm. gets an opportunity that you also were in consideration for.
2: Or that you wanted at least,
1: that you even want. if you we weren't yeah. considered and wanted for it. more than them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, yeah, Harry. Ron
2: wanted. Ron wanted it. Harry was like just like vaguely oh, thinking that it'd be kind yeah. of interesting. Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> when yeah, and the friend who you yeah. often rescue, you get to be the hero around the friend all the time, even though
1: other people think that your friend is the hero. Right. Like you're doing all the work, and the rich, entitled, famous friend. I mean, not entitled as in like. right but like but like he's he's harry potter so he's he's automatically entitled without even even if he doesn't use it yeah it is understandable and done well in this moment it's done well and it's very sad and it reflects back to that art at the very beginning of
0: the chapter it's he's just alone he's just alone like nobody in the common room understands what he's going through he had hoped. That Ron would understand, right? He says he, leaving Harry standing there by the door, staring at the dark red velvet curtains, now hiding one of the few people he had sure would believe him. Like, nobody believes him here.
1: Yeah. Does he interact with Hermione in this?
2: Not since, yeah, not in this chapter. Next chapter you'll see right away. I feel
1: like, of the two, Hermione would be potentially a little bit more sympathetic.
0: She is. I'll just go ahead and give that away.
1: She's completely sympathetic and she believes Harry. Yeah. Yeah.
0: She didn't. She have- also understands Ron a little bit be- better than Harry does. Yeah, and she yeah. kind of helps Harry understand what's going on there. Yeah, the entire next section, which is three more chapters, uh, pretty much Ron doesn't come around, and it's Harry and Hermione
1: teaming up, and it's actually one of my favorite sections
2: of I the like entire
0: series. Yeah, uh-huh.
1: it's really good. I mean, if I was Ron in this situation, I would be upset about this for a long. Yeah,
0: time. yeah, and like understandably so. Even if just
1: on my brother's behalf, like... Uh-huh. Right. Even though Fred and George seem to be fucking thrilled. <laughs> Fred and George... Well, they're a little bit
2: jealous in the party, but...
1: Yeah. I think they're they more conscious of the fact that they weren't eligible. Yeah. They're also just
0: less jealous of Harry as a rule in because general. they don't care about the, a lot of the things that
1: Ron cares about.
2: Yeah. And also they don't have the same, like, they're not overlooked in the same way that Ron is yeah, by not, their like, family. Just, like, and they don't
1: mind Ron getting all of the hand-me-downs. Yeah. They're like third in line. They're special because they're twins and they're the mischief
0: makers. They're the clowns. Yeah. And so they have their own exactly. identity outside of.
2: And this would have been a thing for Ron to.
0: I mean, think about what he something. saw in the mirror of Erised, right? Yeah. yeah. Ron he wants to had thing the Quidditch the world. world Cup or not Quidditch The house cup. He had the. Yeah. He was Quidditch captain. He wants to make he was the best of the brothers. Yeah.
2: For him, being house being Hogwarts champion would be like his heart's desire.
1: Any big wrap up thoughts?
0: My
2: biggest wrap up thought is poor Harry. Yeah.
1: I like this section as a writer appreciating interesting writing. Apart from the problems I have, which we continue to talk about. This is fun.
0: Yeah. Thought is this is the first happy episode we've had in book four. I think so. In I guess the very first one was not as bad, but it talked a lot about the fat phobia. Yeah. And then we just like dived into
1: magical racism and like all sorts of things. This is the first section without a new big problem. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Just the same old problems. (laughs) No new problems.
1: (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of the old problems, but it's shitty, but also it's it's kinda nice. (laughs) to
0: not have to be like all right this time around we're really upset about this thing you can sort of just sit back and be like there's some delicious teenage drama and i'm here for it yeah that's my big takeaway from these chapters uh rereading it and just like little things that i hadn't noticed before which i think is just an ongoing thing for both me and adela like realizing that i always pictured hagrid as black and just like never noticing it until i was thinking specifically about his hair and then yeah, realizing
2: um, that Dean is singing the concept the- Queen. I <laughs> didn't <Exactly. laughs> a thing that I ever thought of before.
1: <laughs> yeah, rabbit hole about how it doesn't make any sense that Wizard Society is supposed to be disconnected from
0: yeah. mm-hmm.
1: the UK at large, and
0: we will be starting next one with an interesting thought about Rita Skeeter, which is something that yeah. um, we pulled from an article uh, that came out recently, which we will talk about next time. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we can link then if we so desire. It's more about J.K.R.'s transphobia. But we'll get into that next episode. So thank you so much for listening. If you would like to join us in rereading or reading for the first time, next episode we will be reading chapters 18, 19, and 20, The Weighing of the Wands, uh, The Hungarian Horntail, and The First Task.
1: So if you would like to follow along, please do so.
2: What do you think The Hungarian Horntail is,
1: E? Um... A dragon. Nice. Good guess. All right. Continuing. (laughs) Yes. We've had some
0: people reach out uh, privately on Discord or Twitter. If you don't have another way to reach out to us, please feel free to do that. Um, again, spoilers, please DM to either myself or Adela or go to our Tumblr. You can follow me or find me on Twitter at Zoe Topaz, Z O E T O P A Z, and buy my book,
1: Ostentatious The Evolving World of Jane Austen Fans, wherever books are sold. I am E. You can find me on Twitter at CEL10E. And you can find me, Adela, on
2: Twitter at Aredel A-R-E-D-H-E-L underscore underscore.
1: You can find the show
0: at PotterNot on both Twitter and Tumblr, and you can find more music by our fantastic composer Morgan Jackson at we did the time warp And please, if you have any fun memories about being a Harry Potter fan in the early days or your Harry Potter fandom, be it cringy or nostalgic or warm and fuzzy or something you rather forget but would like to make fun of yourself for, please send it to us.
2: For interactions, good and bad, with Harry Potter fans, if you are not a Harry Potter fan.
0: Um, We would like to do a fandom retrospective. We had to reschedule some things, but we would still like to do this. So if you have any thoughts, uh, send them our way. Thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.
1: Bye. Bye!